0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Know Your Enemy podcast. It is Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. No special guest tonight, but we, we, we do a little a thing or two about the Baltimore
2: Ravens. Jeffrey Benedict, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Michael. I'm feeling classy. I'm having mm-hmm. a good time. You, you got the blazer on. Uh,
0: looks like you're sipping something classy. What's uh, what's the occasion?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel good. I feel like, I feel like this season has... Kind of put it like we've put a cap on the season. Uh, I know, I know the Steelers can technically make the playoffs, and it's actually not the craziest odds to make the playoffs we've had. But uh honestly, whether we make the playoffs or not, I'm good. We won our Super Bowl. We beat the Browns. In Ben's last game at Heinz Field, and so I'm good. Hey, you know what? That's that's a positive way to look at it. I
0: guess like a, a down team that still reaches 500. Ben beats the Browns twice, which, I mean, like, that's probably the whole reason why I came. If the Steelers won two games all year and it was the Browns, I bet Ben would have been like, it was a good year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got the uh, Browns. But, um, yeah, no, like, seriously, the Steelers just need one win and a loss by the Colts. For whatever reason, all, all the advanced stats say the Steelers have a 6% chance. To me, it's got to, like, obviously the Colts have the inside track. They, they win and they're in. We need a little bit of help, but, like. Six percent seems ridiculous. Like uh, to me, it's like it's like thirty-three. You, you have a, a one, a one and three shot of getting in. You got to win your game, and then hope the other team loses. Like at worst, like, yeah, what, uh, is it,
2: like 25%. what is it? twenty-five. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in like twenty
0: fourteen. Was the last seventeen
2: time. decades? I don't know. A bunch of times. It, it it's possible. Weird weirder things have happened.
0: So I mean,
2: I mean they lost teams, at Jacksonville last year. Anything and, can happen. The the funny
0: thing, like all the divisional teams can rearrange a little bit, but like the most likely outcomes is if the Steelers were to get in as the seventh seed, they'd either be going to Tennessee to take on the Titans with a healthy Derrick Derrick Henry, healthy A.J. Brown, healthy Julio Jones, um, or they'd be going to Kansas City and face a, a healthier Kansas City team that uh, performed perhaps one of the hardest games I've ever had to watch. Um, in that sense, would it be better? Uh, like I, we will get into this game, obviously, uh, this game against the Baltimore Ravens, but would it be better to win this game and then also have the Colts win and not have to go through a playoff, uh, go to the playoffs, or to get in the playoffs and experience the exact same game they had against the Kansas City Chiefs? What would be better for this team building into the future?
2: Um. Honestly for me uh I will say I don't I don't think it's a negative to make the playoffs at all if we lose in the wild card game um but what if it was 42 to 10 what, what that, like what if it was just a forty okay honestly wouldn't just just being there getting the experience getting that taste of it I think matters getting the taste of playoff football letting these young guys know okay like like playoff football is a different animal it's not beating up on the browns and then you know sneaking past the ravens or something It's it's legit. It's it's a big deal. Uh, And it's not at home. Like the one thing I was worried about is we were going to have this great game against the Cleveland. We beat them. Ben's last home game. And then we have a home playoff game and we get absolutely stomped. And it's like his last game at Tynes Field is actually getting crushed in the playoffs. Not not ideal. We can still win on the road. We've been road dogs before. We've done it before his first second season in the league. He had to go on the road four straight times to win a Super Bowl. So if it's if the Steelers are going to pull off something crazy, this is a great situation to come into to pull off something crazy. And if they're not, it's not a bad situation to be in either. Uh, it's crazy to me though. I, I I feel like maybe I've given up on the Steelers being a Super Bowl contender, even though they still have a chance. Uh, they're still, I mean, they're still alive. You if you're alive, you have a chance. Uh, but I, I, I'm more satisfied with the end we're writing for Ben Roethlisberger's career than anything else. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've seen, I, I can't remember
0: who it was, but they kind of offered, like, hey, Jerome Bettis's like end of his career was as storybook as you can get winning a Super Bowl. Ben didn't win a Super Bowl, but it feels pretty darn close with that win at home on Monday Night Football yeah. with all the cameras and uh, the way they won. And just, like, it, it felt storybook, Even even though there's no trophy for that. It, it just felt good. Like, would you agree yeah. with that?
2: Oh, okay. absolutely. It was a great game. The atmosphere, the crowd, the the curtain call you know, half lap around the field, all of it just felt great, uh, especially with how the Browns were talking before the game. Of, you know, we're going to send Ben Roethlisberger out our way. Yeah, okay. All the fans that I had, like, on Twitter, all the Cleveland fans were like, Ben's going to be crying again. Well, he was. He was crying. It was just, you know. He so was happy and, and he was crying because he was getting cheered for and his family was there. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> it, it, it's
0: funny. Like, I, I saw a lot of people being like, yeah, I, I got strangely emotional. Like, on Jeff Hart, Hartman's Let's Ride, he's saying, like, yeah, he got kind of emotional in front of his kids. And then, like, reading some stuff on Twitter, people talking about being pretty down from it. For me, the, the only moment I got emotional was writing the post-game grades. Uh, I don't know if you read it, but the, the my last line, was um in, in like the just the overall grade uh I, I can't remember it exactly but it was it just simply went like thank you Ben Roethlisberger for being our quarterback for 18 yeah. years and w- and like that like it hit me it was just like wow that's I, I've known nothing else I'm I'm 25 years old I I re- like I remember Tommy Maddox really that was the only other quarterback I can remember starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers and even then that was 19 yeah. years ago I, I like I was what Six years old? Like,
2: I know I was, Ben Walker. I was 15 and really getting into football for the first time in 1994. So <laughs> that playoff game against the Chargers uh, was the first football game my mom let me watch from start to finish, and uh, that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watched the Super Bowl the next year, all that. So I've, I've been on board for a while. Honestly, I love Ben. I've loved this entire thing uh the entire ride i still say no other quarterback could have won in that 2008 season but ben roethlisberger is such a great year but i don't i don't know i i've known it's been time like it's been time it's he's kind of been playing on borrowed time here for a year and a half so i in my opinion i it doesn't resonate with me that way like i'm i know it's time to go but man we got a lot out of him uh we got two super bowls um that that's awesome. Yeah. And I'd say the
0: only real sad part about Ben's career from like an on-field perspective, he probably should have had two two more rings in my opinion. 2015 is the obvious one. Everyone was hurt going into that, uh, that divisional game against Denver, which they still nearly won if it wasn't for a four-string running back fumbling the ball and giving Peyton Manning some time to win that game. That was your eventual su- Super Bowl champions. The Steelers went in there without Le'Veon Bell, yeah. without D'Angelo Williams, without Half Throw Line, without Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger's shoulders messed up. Like, seriously, 2015, they should have got one. Uh, 2017, if Ryan Chazier didn't get hurt, like I think I think that's, I think that's enough there. to beat the Jags. Heck, that's probably enough to beat the Patriots. Um, and have the first seed anyway. Uh, and then not even have to go through that, and then have New England come to Pittsburgh, and then they play in that super bowl. Like, A couple injuries here and there. Uh, Obviously, some really horrid ones to Shazier, of course. But um, Ben probably should have had four rings in his career. Like, Things are just
2: unfortunate. Not to mention 2004, Patriots, Mm. the Spygate Patriots, and a certain middle linebacker who somehow crushed Dan Kreider consistently and then had a stroke after that season. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. I don't and I, and I hate throwing accusations out there, but it's a little weird when people are like, "That's the first time I've ever seen Dan Krider knocked backward in a hole," and then after the season, the dude has a stroke. Like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know what he was on, but Yowza,
0: yeah, well. Maybe we should get into uh, this Sunday's game. Of course, like uh, <laughs> jump down like, that rabbit about. hole.
1: <laughs> That's a
0: live about. grenade. Um, I'll also save. I'll save, uh, I'll save my, my one for another time. But <laughs> um, this Sunday's game again is still important. Um, for this team, of course, a playoff game is on the line. Uh, a loss and the Steelers could fall to like the 14th seed in the draft. A win, they get in the playoffs. You, you win one playoff game, all of a sudden you're picking in the mid to late 20s. So uh there's obviously there's still a ton to be played for Um, uh, building towards the future of this team uh tj watt ch- chasing a sack record um not really too many other incentives that really could come off the board i don't anticipate ben rossberger throwing five touchdowns uh chase claypool getting 180 yards through the air so really when it comes to those uh th- those big time stats Really, it kind of falls back on a TJ Watt here, uh, who is a sack away from tying Michael Strahan for all-time sacks in the season, despite missing two games and uh, playing through crap, cracked ribs against the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, playing through uh, that groin injury or multiple groin injury. Like He has not been healthy this year, and he's still a sack away from tying one of the records that seemed that was going to stand for a long, long time. It has but it seems moments away from actually falling, uh, of course, it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson. I've said this before. It doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to go. It Really, it, it would be a little silly for the Ravens to play him at this point and try to risk uh, him not coming back or, like, missing more offseason than he needs to with his ankle injury. So it looks like T.J. will be chasing Tyler Huntley. Do you think T.J. gets that sack and a half? Do you think they pull the old uh, Brett Favre, just fall in front of him so he gets a, uh, the sack at the end of the game? Or how do you think this plays out?
2: Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start uh, by jumping on one of my soapboxes here and, and saying that people played football before 1982. Being um, Joe Green officially has zero sacks uh, because someone the NFL broke doesn't it down. recognize anything before 1982. But there was a project went back, recorded all of the sacks from like 1960 something, and uh, this is relevant right now because Al Baker. Yeah. 1978 had 23 sacks. 20 so for me, it's not a sack and a half. I want TJ to get two. He has two sacks. And if the second sack is just a straight up sack, he will pass Strahan and Al Baker in one shot. And it, and it won't, you won't have to sit there with the caveat. Say, well, yeah, if the NFL would count, you know, for real real numbers, you know, from before a 1982, then yeah, TJ Watt wouldn't be the leader. So hopefully he gets those two and becomes the real, real NFL, you know, all-time sack leader. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I think he gets it. I think I, and again, I I can show plays from that last game. One of the sacks, TJ Watt got, they blitzed. There were five rushers against five offensive linemen and four guys were containing Baker Mayfield in the pocket. And the only guy really going to sack him was TJ White, And it ended with a sack. Like there are ways Keith Butler draws up plays to just be like, TJ, go get the quarterback and everyone else make sure TJ gets the quarterback. Like that's your job. You're better at that than actually getting to the quarterback yourself. So just let TJ do, you know, go get the quarterback and you guys just keep them trapped in the pocket. That could happen. Uh, That could absolutely happen. Uh, I I think he gets it. we got to remember, how how many sacks did the Steelers have in their first game against the Ravens? Didn't they have like seven or eight? They had a lot. Seven, seven, yeah. Seven. And they had four against the Browns the first time. So they have 13 sacks against the Browns this year. They already have seven against the Ravens. If they get six sacks, which could happen. I mean, it could happen. The way this team's been playing. TJ Watts healthy, plays the whole game. Alejandro will get a little help around him back. So... Six sacks. I, I, want, I want six sacks for the Steelers. TJ gets two to go to 23 and a half. Woo. Maybe two and a half. Get all the way to
0: 24.
2: Oh, if he if he replicated what he did this past week, say
0: four and a half, uh, just so so it's a clean number. He hits 26. 26 the Steelers make the playoffs. He hits 26. <laughs> like, he goes off. Is he MVP? Like, he has the eighth best odds uh, from what I just saw. Uh, like, yeah. seriously, at what point do we start, like, having that conversation? Because, like, he should already be there, in my opinion, for, like, the wins above replacement. Like, when
2: he's not on the Steelers, you're so much worse. Yeah. Like, at what point do we like, start that conversation? Like, oh four and one when he doesn't play, 50% of the snaps or more. And if he wins this, if they win against Baltimore, they'd be 9-3 and three when he does play. If it's 8-4, and four, he doesn't have a prayer, right? A- if they are 9-3... and three, Gosh, you got you got a hard time telling me he's not the most valuable player in the NFL. That he's not that guy. And really, I get it. It it should be changed to the best quarterback on the best team award is what yeah, it really, really should be named. Uh, but honestly, TJY MVP. If they if they come and win this game, he takes the all time single season sack record. He should be the MVP. I, I think, especially if he takes it by
0: a couple, because like. Not only is he leading the league in sacks, he's leading it in quarterback hits, in tackles for loss. I believe he's tied um, uh, in forced fumbles. He's tied for fifth. Like, like he, despite all this missed time, he is still leading the league in a ton of cat. If he played a healthy season, uh, could he be at thirty sacks right now? Like seriously, like I don't see why not. Those games yeah. he was limited. He was very limited with those groin injuries coming back. He looked slow. He could barely play against the Bengals. He could barely play against the Packers. He still got two sacks in that game.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous season he's having. It's incredible. Uh, I, I mean, how good is he? I don't even know. I, I, like how he's unstoppable. He's he's insane. It's it's ridiculous.
0: So one of my lines from that last game after JJ uh, Watt kind of congratulated his little brother, I was like. TJ must just have the worst case of little brother syndrome ever. Like, just the yep. worst case. And that's why he's great. Just like envy towards JJ. He's just like, yeah, screw this guy. I got to be better than him. Do you think that's I've a good like, He like, Here it is more sacks in the season than JJ ever did. He had 20 and a half twice. TJ's got 21 and a half.
2: Yep. Yep. And, oh. and, and you. There was something. uh, There was a TV. Something where JJ was talking about Defensive Player of the Year and being like, (laughs) "No, his tweet afterwards." Was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be the worst if your brother won like Defensive Player of the Year and rubbed it in all the time?" Yeah, like (laughs) something like that. It was. I was like, "Yeah," and I think I think JJ knows that motivates him, and he probably plays that up. He's the oldest brother. He's probably just like constantly like, "Yeah, you know what? Talk to me when you get twenty sacks twice." Talk to me yeah. the second time you pull it off.
0: Talk to me when you have four Defensive Player of the Year awards.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> not just finishing TJ's second. just
2: like, I'm going to get 45 sacks this season and show you. Seriously,
0: next year if you went off for like 35, I'd be like, uh, just point at JJ. That, he, he's the
2: reason. He's the fault. He's yeah. at fault for this. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, I blame JJ not coming here. JJ didn't I, come it, here. TJ's like, forget you. I'm going to get... I'm gonna give as many as I got and as many as you would have gotten. Sacks uh, enough for both.
0: Now, now that I sit here, it's like imagine if JJ did sign with the Steelers like a one year deal. He gets hurt. Stephon Tuitt obviously going through what he's going through. Like the D line would still be where it is. It, yeah. Like that. Like that's just like oh yeah. If he had
2: signed, we'd still be toast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, to
0: be fair, Montrevious Adams has played pretty good. Isaiah Loudermilk, I like his development. Um, I, I know yeah. we, we're breaking down the game against the Ravens, but I, I'm curious because I, I know you're you're a film guru. What have you seen from Loudermouth the last couple of weeks? Because he's gotten a couple starts now. I, I've liked what I've seen personally.
2: Uh, there, was, there was a point where I was kind of getting down on him because he was he was kind of slipping and his his snaps were going down. Uh he's really bounced back. He he had a fantastic game. I mean, they started him against Cleveland. He was the starter, he, he didn't get that many fewer snaps than Cameron Hayward. Uh his big strength is he's learning to use his length. Real even more than he did early on. Uh, you can tell Cameron Hayward is, is rubbing off on him. Uh Cameron Hayward had a heck of a game against Cleveland. Just and it, I feel like you can say it every week, but it stands out every once in a while. You're just like, holy crap, like they can't do anything against Cameron Hayward. They just have to constantly try and go away from him. Like they kept running plays towards TJ Watt because the other alternative was we'll go towards Cameron Hayward. And they're like, Well, maybe we can get past TJ Watt. Maybe, but you just not running towards camp. So it oh man. And and louder. I know I'm, t- I'm supposed to talk about louder milk. Louder milk is doing better. Uh still would like to see some real pass rush from him. He's showing that he's picked up how to contain uh better than him this last game was Montravius Adams. Montrevious Adams played he's a quick. really good game, he's very quick. solid. Yeah. yeah. And they I... they like that, they keep going that way. Javon Hargrave was quick, Carlos Davis is quick like they like those quick nose tackles. Weird. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to
0: make for a very interesting off season. I I'm uh, compiling a list of uh free agents uh from the Steelers and it's already like there's some names on here that you're like I want this guy brought back. Like yeah. like for as much struggles they had in some spots, there's been some guys that are like this guy might have something here. So, uh Adams definitely one of those guys, but um Absolutely. Moving into this game, of course, um, focusing on the Baltimore Ravens a little bit here. Tyler Huntley, I don't know how much of him you've watched since he's taken over since Lamar Jackson's hurt his ankle. But it's like they haven't really missed a beat. He looks really dang good. Uh he looks just as athletic as Lamar. Um I I, I hesitate to say anything about his arm strength, but like, man, like Baltimore seems to have like another good quarterback there. Um, is this someone the Steelers can't take lightly?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. They have found a quarterback who can run this offense when Lamar is out. Uh, And the thing I like about Huntley is Lamar Jackson has learned that he needs to not run as much. And we've seen his number rush numbers and yards per carry and in attempts per game uh, drop because of that. This kid hasn't and the Ravens are at their best under this offense Uh, They were at their best when Lamar Jackson hadn't learned that he shouldn't run quite so much. That's when they were a better team. Uh, They don't, they still don't have the wide receivers to be like, like Mark Andrews is their number one receiver and he's got some great numbers and he's a really good tight end. But a lot of that numbers is just the fact that they have to throw to him because they're just not other options that are very good on that team. So I, to me, Huntley is as dangerous as Lamar Jackson because that he, as a running quarterback, he's a little more reckless and a little more fearless than Lamar is right now. So they obviously, I I think he's just as big a threat.
0: Okay. Um, that uh, That is definitely something to watch out for. Thankfully, the Steelers' athletic linebackers uh, are back in this game. Uh, A bunch of guys coming off the COVID list. Devin Bush and Joe Schobert will be in the lineup again. Um, Will they impact the game? Because they are a little bit on the speedier side. I know Devin Bush has been uh, reserved at times this year. Joe Schobert's gone over 100 tackles. um, But uh, do you think uh, getting
2: these two guys back is definitely going to help try to contain Huntley? Yes. Uh, Yes. Devin Bush... For as much as he struggled in interior run defense, where he's up in the line and trying to take on blockers when this defensive line's getting shoved around, as much as that exposes his weaknesses as a player, and he struggled with that this year, his speed in coverage is back. Uh, he had a couple of key pass breakups. Obviously, the one tipped ball that was an interception uh, before he missed more time with COVID. Uh he he was getting back his speed, he's getting back to that, and that's a big deal, both in chasing down Huntley, but also one of the great things about Devin Bush when he was healthy was and, and fast is he can run with those quarterbacks and still like cover a tight end or a wide receiver doing a drag there, and he doesn't have to overcommit to the quarterback. Like he can wait until that quarterback really commits to run and then boom, still get to him. Uh, while sitting there and taking away routes. He is great at that, and that is a real, real weapon against a quarterback who's going to scramble outside and try and make plays outside the pocket. Uh, so he's a big deal. Schobert showbert is a big deal. Uh, but to me, he's a more reliable Robert Spillane, where Robert Spillane is a little bit more flashy in the run game and a little better blitzer than showbert But showbert Spillane, to me, is not a big gap bush brings a specific skill set that has a lot of value in this game so of course uh, if uh, you guys haven't
0: heard of the covid uh list uh, the steelers are activating six guys today uh including bush and Schobert, uh, chris warmly anthony mcfarland um uh, as well as some other guys are arthur mallette uh, and there's one other player that i am blanking on unfortunately but um there, there isn't uh, too many guys, uh, of course, that are coming on that are big time impact guys. But one guy is going on to the list today, of course, that being Joe Hayden and the Steelers. We know have struggled mightily uh, since Joe Hayden's gotten to Pittsburgh when he is not available in the lineup. Uh, Jeffrey, what is that? Uh, how does that affect uh, Sunday's matchup? And what are the Steelers going to do without him?
2: Well, with Arthur Millette back, and did you did you mention Zach Banner? Was he? Oh, Banner, that was the other one. Yeah, yeah I think he's the sixth. Uh, with Arthur Millette back Joe Hayden's hurt loss hurts but you're gonna see you know they can they can put Witherspoon in that he's been playing really good recently uh Arthur Millette is back to play nickel which is big against the Ravens because he's their best run stopping you know inside slot guy uh I, I think they will be better off than they have been recently with Joe Hayden out. I think they're better able to cover for it than they have in the, been in the past. But I mean, obviously, we'll see. I, I also, he's not, Joe Hayden isn't a guy you want matched up on a Marquise Brown, right? That's not like, that's not a good matchup for him. Akella Weatherspoon is actually a better matchup for Marquise Brown. Brown is super fast. He's not the best route runner. So if you want someone who can just run with him, Akella Witherspoon's not a bad option there at all. Because he can, he is that kind of athlete. He's taller than him. You're gonna have a hard time fitting passes into Marquise Brown if if Witherspoon is right there. So I think I think that works pretty well for them. Uh and I don't think the loss of Hayden will be as big as it normally is. The question mark there is run defense. If they're if they're running their option and they're having some success and the interior line is struggling, Joe Hayden was would Step up into a bigger role in run defense on those plays. If they if they don't if they don't get it together, you know, in the defensive line, uh, that could be where it really loses. Is actually in in the run game.
0: So sticking with Joe Hayden a little bit here. Uh, Steelers insider Jerry Dulac today um, had a somewhat cryptic tweet. Once uh, Hayden was put on the COVID list, I know uh, there's some speculation between me and others that uh, it, it's potential that this could be Joe Hayden's uh, well last game against the Browns could have been his final game. As a Pittsburgh Steeler, of course, his deal is coming up, um, and he uh, was not able to sign something this past training camp. But Dulac went on record today. He tweeted something cryptic, basically saying, oh, don't think that this is going to be it. For, don't, like, speculate this is going to be the last game that Joe Hayden plays in the black and gold. I mean, it would be classic Jair Bear, as we love to call him at BTSC, uh, to uh, literally just mean that, oh, he could play in the playoff game. But um, do you think Joe Hayden could be back next year? It's starting to become time to talk about these things.
2: Man, that's a tough one to call. Uh, I know the Steelers, I shouldn't say I know, I believe the Steelers would love to have him back. Uh, Mike Tomlin loves veteran leadership, and you don't have that in the cornerback room outside of one incredibly good, one absolutely excellent leader in Joe Hayden who is the chief of that room. He runs that ship, right? Oh, but he is invaluable in that role. Uh, minkovitz Patrick is obviously another good one, but for the cornerback room specifically, Joe Hayden would be very hard to replace in that specific capacity. He's also still really good. And they don't have miscommunications when he's out there. Like – They got rid of Artie Burns – They like Joe Hayden came in and they got rid of Artie Burns, and we don't have miscommunications all the time in the secondary anymore. It's very rare. Uh, I don't think they want to let Joe Hayden go. The question mark is how far apart are the Steelers and Joe Hayden going to be on his contract numbers? Because I don't know – I mean, Joe Hayden's made a lot of money. money. He's got a lot of pride. And they call him Joe Money for a reason. I don't know if he would sit there and be like, you know what, I'll play for less. Some people will do that. Other people are like, no, you know, if you want me, pay me, and if you don't want me, I'm fine. I'll walk. I'll be. I'll be. I can retire now and be fine. I don't know which way he'll go. Uh, I would love to see Joe Hayden stick around for another three-year contract and and fall into like the Desean Townsend role where he becomes a slot receiver or a slot corner. Uh, the Steelers could use a good nickel upgrade, you know, and, and Joe Hayden could be that guy. Uh, we saw this past game against Cleveland in our nickel package without Arthur Millette there. It was Joe Hayden and Cameron Sutton starting, and then Sutton slid inside, and Witherspoon was outside in nickel. Next year, if if you think Joe Hayden doesn't have the speed to be a number one corner anymore, you could make that – work where Sutton stays outside and, and you have like a Witherspoon outside and Joe Hayden slides into the slot. He could do it. He's smart enough to play that position. Uh, he's great at run support. I mean, he, he could do everything that slot corner does and he could be a valuable addition in a, in that same role to Townsend took over when he stopped being a number one corner.
0: Um, So just to answer something here from Andrew Wilbar, um, he says, Jerry Bear never seems to name a source as to why he says what he says to be fair. His sources is himself. He goes and talks to these guys. Um, so he probably had a conversation with Joe or Kevin Colbert. Like I know Jerry Dulac can uh, like, it'll be funny. Sometimes you'll see his things pop up. Um, he was like me. He thought the Steelers for sure. We're going to sign a center next year. Never ha- or last year, rather never happened. Uh, but Jerry, when it comes to players re-signing and when it comes to the draft, he's on the money. Um, so I will credit him in, in this situation. 100%. Uh, I feel like he probably has talked to someone. And if the money's right, I have no doubt in my mind that Joe money, the, I think the highest earning defensive back in the history of football will come back. And you know what? I know we've talked about it a bunch, but uh, if he can retire with more years played as a Pittsburgh Steeler than a Cleveland Brown, that'd be pretty cool. Especially uh, Hayden is a guy that probably is on the cusp of hall of fame. I know he's never won a playoff game and that really hurts because he is beloved in this league. I hope he does win some playoff games. I hope he wins a ring. If he left Pittsburgh, and uh, the Steelers weren't in the playoffs, and his team was, I'd be cheering for whoever's team he was on because that dude deserves it. Um, Absolutely. But aside from that, getting into this game once again, the Ravens' secondary has been decimated by injury. Everyone. Uh, I guess Chuck Clark is the only guy, and he made he made plays last week, but with their secondary the way it is, is this a game that Ben Roethlisberger needs to be able to throw the football to win it, or can Najee Harris once again – Go off, win a game like he did
2: a week ago. What uh, does this offense have to do here? Uh, I I don't think you're going to get away with what the passing game did against Cleveland and get a win. I don't think that's going to happen against the Ravens. I think you're going to need more than that. Can they get it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I expected Ben to be not good in that game. When he's having an emotional kind of game, he doesn't play well. Uh, so for me, I kind of expected him to not play well on Monday night. And he definitely wasn't – the passing game wasn't good. There he were he was probably passes. the worst
0: player on the field. That's
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there were some wide receivers. Okay, yeah. Ben the receivers pretty were bad. not good, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I wonder if they were all just trying too hard. Like, like it looked like, cause you know, everyone wants, they're all like, Oh, wide receivers got to make plays for Ben. And I'm sure they felt that and they wanted to make plays for Ben, but you can try too hard and end up having really bad results just because you're pushing yourself and you're not just playing the game. Uh, I think we can see a better passing game. I don't know how good that could get, but yeah, when the Ravens, when the Ravens are down defensive backs, Ben, Ben usually torches them pretty good. Marlon Humphrey not being there is immense. He he is so tough for the Steelers. They just they know who Ben likes to throw on in different formations. And they just put Marlon Humphrey there, which is normally the slot. He loves throwing to the slot. But if you put Marlon Humphrey there, and they're like, Nope, not going there. What else do you have? And uh with him out, that's a big deal. Uh but I think the key is getting balance there, working both. And I I think that's the key to success. Now, this game in general as
0: well. uh, Of course, the Steelers just played a very emotional game against the Cleveland Browns. And uh, to me, there's a little bit of worry that they they left everything on the field and they have nothing left to give. And they might just come out and have a stinker against Baltimore and play like crap. They play bad on the road this year. I I believe they're two and six or two and five on the road this year much better home team than they are on the road. Um, do you worry um that uh this team could go out and uh, lay an egg against Baltimore?
2: Yeah. I mean they we we've, we've all watched this season. They are clearly capable of coming out and just playing like trash. Uh and if TJ Watt plays less than 50% of the snaps, you, you, you know that's that's kind of how we lose. Uh I I think you'll see a few things uh, that will offset that. One is we're getting guys back. Arthur Mobulette, Joe Schobert, Devin Bush missed last week. Uh, they're going to want to put some good stuff on tape against the Ravens. This team also has T.J. Watt, who has carried that defense so much. They are going to want to get him that record. Absolutely want to get him that record. And it's the Ravens. They want a, a chance to sweep the Ravens and really just keep extending this streak of stuff in the Ravens every game. Is, is just, that's a fantastic thing. And, and as long as they can keep it going, you know they enjoy it. You know they love it. Uh, I th- We're getting enough players back that I think that will help. I'm interested to see what Najee has left. He's still young. You know, he, he probably can pull off a slightly shorter week. Uh, and the big, the big thing to me is the offensive line, how they execute. Uh, you, you as a former offensive lineman, what did you, what did you see from the offensive line against Cleveland, different than what they've been doing? Um, I saw
0: some drive, some push. I saw guys not going, uh, being pushed backwards into the quarterback. I saw them not in the lap of the running back. Like they just played a solid game. Uh, I know a lot of people pointed towards a, a few different things, um, supposedly that they're double teaming at the point of attack. You don't just make that switch late in the year, even though they switched offensive line coaches. I feel like that might've been overblown a little bit. I know Chris Morgan is new there. There really isn't too. You can't really teach a whole new set of technique. I know it's the NFL and it's their job, but like yeah. to do that in, like in a week, it's just not, it's not possible. You work on it for a full year and you could still suck at the technique by the end of the season. So it really isn't that it, to me. I hate to say it, I, I ragged on him a ton, but I think not having Kendrick Green on the field, I think that helped. Z Hasenauer's been in the NFL longer. I think he might be more confident making the play call without actually being there. So I, I couldn't tell you for certain. But it, it's definitely likely that is more confident making the calls. And Hasnauer's a, a bit longer of a player. Uh, longer arms, he's not going to get uh, just hit before he can get his hands locked into a defensive lineman. I think those are two pretty big things right there. Uh, they looked a lot better without Kendrick Green on the field. And I know he's a guy that's been easy to rag on, but he hasn't been good at all. And that kind of yeah, leads me to what I wanted to ask you. Um, if Kendrick Green is healthy this week, do you did you play him? Is he your starting center? Do, do you give Hasner another week? Because that's the best the offensive line has w- looked in weeks. And despite that, Najee Harris had 188 rushing yards, 181 of them came after contact. So the line still wasn't great. As a matter of fact, it was it's still pretty bad. But uh, yeah. they kept Ben pretty clean. Uh, and they didn't get pushed into Najee's lap. They just kind of stalemated at the line. Is that great? No. Is it better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, who do you anticipate starting at center this week? And uh, if Green is healthy, would you start him?
2: I, I'll answer that. And I kind of want to go back to some of the things you were saying uh, with the double teaming. One of the things I saw, is, and uh, I have to give credit, uh, Kevin Smith from our site uh, brought this up, saying that they it looked to him like they ran. Uh, less outside zone. So on my look, on my look back through the game, I looked at that, and they did. They they've run inside zone all year, uh, but they ran it a lot more in this game than they did in other games. And one of the differences you'll see with Kendrick Green and J.C. Hassenhauer is J.C. Hassenhauer is terrible in outside zone. He is not mobile. He's not quick. He's not the athlete. He's not a hitter. He is kind of a technique guy. Uh, he's just very solid. Like, like you were saying, he's just very solid at, at whatever he does. And it shows up to me in, in his hands and his technique. You, you just see he doesn't lose, right? He may not win convincingly even, but he doesn't lose. And in my opinion, he's much better in those double team blocks and much worse at outside zone. And with the guys they have in, I mean, Leglu, Trey Turner, and then it was Joe Heg for a while. And, and you know, J.C. Hasenauer, you don't have a team that can really run outside zone well. So they went inside zone, and they ran it really well. They executed it really well. J.C. Hasenauer was a part of that. Uh, Trey Turner, that's one of his strengths. That's one of his best things. So, to me, if the Steelers look at that run approach that they had, that run game that they had, and say, you know what, we need to do it again, uh, I don't know if they'll do that because Cleveland's weaker on the interior and they're better at the edge. Uh, Baltimore is the opposite. Baltimore, if Brandon Williams is in that game, that's that's hard to run on. He's uh, getting old. I know, but he's still he's still really good. But if they look at that strategy and say, "Hey, we want to duplicate that. We want to focus on running inside. Uh, we want to do the focus on the inside zone," then I think they got to stick with JC Hassenhauer, and really just kind of, I, I think it would be best at this point to kind of sit Kendrick Green and say, "You know what? Let's get you. Let's get you into the offseason. Let's let's get you learn how to be an NFL center. Uh, let's hope we see growth from you, like we." Like we're seeing from J.C. Asenauer from year one to year two, yeah, we see that kind of growth from Kendrick Green, and maybe he can be something. I think this to me, I think this position is still up for grabs.
0: Uh, Kendrick Green would yeah. be foolish to leave Pittsburgh this off season. if he wants that job. He needs to stay there and work with those strength and conditioning coaches all off season. Uh, if I was the center of the team in his position, like seeing seeing what the fans are saying online, like <laughs> the people that pay will ultimately affect decisions, um, and like just flat out watching yourself on tape, there's no reason why the Steelers shouldn't bring in competition. And if uh, that top center, I know we've talked about him before from Iowa, Mr. Linderbaum is available. There's no reason why the Steelers shouldn't take him. You see what a little bit of help the offensive line, like solid offensive line play. Najee Harris is the best game of his career. Mm
2: -hmm. He's going
0: off for the longest runs of his career. Like the two longest runs of his career came against the Cleveland Browns. And again, the offensive line wasn't even that good. They were considerably better running the football. Get this guy some lanes. Yeah, he could be Jonathan Taylor for you. Yeah, he's not, he's not the running back that's gonna take it off for 80. He's not that speed back, but could he rip 10, 15, 20 yards more consistently? Yeah, and he's a Absolutely. powerful runner, he's going to put DBs on the ground. So there's no reason why he can't rip those 30 yarders all day long. Get him some help. That is what I'm gonna be preaching. All off season long, but uh, I kind of keep- know
2: we're kind of setting the stage here. This off season is going to be great. You guys can look forward to our shows, uh, where where I get adamant that the Steelers draft a defensive lineman with their first round pick, and and Michael Beck over here is going to be like, no, they need that <laughs> offensive line. It's going to be fun.
0: Uh, as long as they're big, really. Uh, if hey, if Tua this- is back, if if you know Tua is back. Uh, and, and well, really, if everyone else comes back too, uh, Tyson, Alamualu, he's still cheap uh, on one year left in his deal is, is now even the time, uh, like you, you gotta, well, they gotta do something at quarterback. They only have Mason Rudolph under contract. Someone else is going to be brought in. I, I feel like you, you just got to protect like Rudolph with no help. That's, that's not going to be any better than, uh, Ben with what he's had blocking from this year. I, I, I know. Okay. That's an offseason question. Gosh darn it, Jeffrey Benedict, you are getting me into it. You're getting me into it right now. Sunday, they're playing Baltimore. It's an important game. They got to win. Yes. Harbaugh versus Tomlin, one of the greatest uh, coaching uh, battles ever, really. Dungy versus Belichick didn't even last that long. Uh, It it might might be – I'm not sure uh, on on head-to-head matchup totals, but it's got to be closing in on one of the most uh, played head-to-head head coaching battles ever. Uh, it's probably it's probably near the top three at this point, if you can find that stat. But um, how important is, is it to either coach's legacy um, when things are all wrapped up to, for two guys to be tied together for so long? How important is it for one of these guys to have
2: uh, that winning record over the other one? It is, it is a big deal. Those two, that's a big deal because it's Steelers-Ravens. And, and it's interesting because it used to be you know Ray Lewis uh and Ray Lewis, Joey Porter, Ray Lewis, Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed and it was all that uh, James her all those guys it was all about them Terrell Suggs, James Harrison but now there's not really those matchups right it's not Joe Flacco Ben Roethlisberger anymore it's Lamar Jackson it's there's there's no real similarities on these teams yeah player wise so it's yeah. kind of become the story is Tomlin versus Harbaugh uh, because they are similar in their records. They both have a Super Bowl win. They both have really good records across the board. Uh, it it's very it, it's a really good head to head matchup, and they're close. Their their matchups head to head are always close. Ravens Steelers are always good, and recently Tomlin's had the best of it. Uh, it it's crazy to me they've had Lamar and it seems like we face Lamar once a year. Yeah. Like he, he misses one game against us every year. And it doesn't matter. We, we, we've we been beating him whether he's there or not. Uh But yeah, it's, it's a matchup and I think it's a big deal for the coaches. And I think it's a big deal for the Steelers right now that we have Mike Tomlin winning that head to head matchup with the Ravens. It, it let us win the division last year. You know that's a big part of winning the division last year was that win wins against the Ravens. So, keep, you know, keep it going. I, I it's it's the story of the game, and it's a great it's a great matchup. And we always get to hear you know weird decisions Harbaugh made versus weird decisions Tomlin made. This is going to be the story of the game,
0: and a big game it's going to be. I know Baltimore's favorite. I think currently at uh, three and a half points right now, which is pretty standard uh, being a home team. Of course, uh, they're very beat up. Uh, Pittsburgh just hasn't been very good on the road. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes down. But I am now curious what your final score prediction is going to be for this game.
2: Well, I've been predicting that the defense is going to score a touchdown now for like months. 17 weeks. haven't done it. So this week, I'm going with my guarantee that the Steelers defense will 100% absolutely not score a touchdown. The Steelers' defense. Psychology. There's zero percent chance that that defense will score a touchdown at all. Not going to happen.
0: Especially not uh, TJ Watt.
2: Guaranteed, and the Steelers are still going to magically find a way uh, to win the, this game, seventeen to thirteen. And mm-hmm. TJ Watt's going to get two and a half sacks. Oh, two
0: and a half sacks. Two and Putting a half. In, what, sacks.
2: 25, uh twenty-five? Uh, no, twenty-four in the year. He's gonna get he's gonna get one and a half, and then get one late in the game. That's kind of garbageish.
0: Oh yeah, just like like break the record, and then like well, one on top of that, and just really drive that
2: nail. Like his third sack of Baker Mayfield last night. Baker Mayfield scrambles, slides just behind the line of scrimmage, and TJ walks up and touches his shoulder. This is like tap mine, claim it, <laughs>
0: bing bing bing. <laughs> hey, it's good for the NFL though. Like uh, breaking yeah. records is good for the league, but um, everyone gets you know cheesy sacks. <laughs> And the funny thing is, DJ Watt, after year five, depending on how this game goes, he'll probably be the Steelers' all-time sacks leader in a career by about, like, week six next year. But, like, legitimately, for how good this franchise has been. Someone totaled the unofficial sacks for the Steel Curtain. He still would be number one this year. Or next year, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Within, like,
2: ten games. Easy. Yeah, because, well, James Harrison is number one. Yeah. Uh and then it's Elsie Greenwood, Mean Joe Green, and TJ Watt, I believe is still behind them. I I think I think you're
0: right on that. Uh, he just passed Cam Hayward, which is funny cuz Cam Hayward had a sack in that game too and TJ still blew by him with four in that game. So it is pretty oh. interesting to see.
2: Actually, I need to be corrected. TJ Watt is fifth. He has uh cuz Jason Gildon has 77 sacks. He's ahead of TJ Watt uh bean joe green at 77 and a half elsie greenwood 78 and james harrison 80 and a half so he's what 71 right now yeah or is it 70 yeah so he's he's got if he can get 10 sacks in this game he can he can take it over right away 10 whole sacks yeah exactly sack a lot times. of records <laughs> hey you imagine?
1: know what
2: jim harbaugh would have to coach almost as stupidly as kevin stefanski did
0: that was dumb uh, the Steelers basically dumb. won that game, both Cleveland games, because Stefanski being dumb. But uh, anyway, just give T.J. Watt a chance. He will break that record. Give the guy
2: <laughs> a him, chance. Put him
0: in the right spot. Give him a chance. Exactly. Now, uh, I guess it's my turn to give a little uh, score prediction as well. Um, I know you said the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to agree. I think I think we're going to be watching this game. I think it's going to be kind of similar to when uh, Pittsburgh Uh, beat, I believe it was uh, Cincinnati, and then we were trying to hope for Cleveland to knock off Baltimore before uh, Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Uh, It would have been 2018, the year before Ben got hurt, to get into the playoffs. I think it's going to be like that. I think the Steelers are going to win the game, and then we're going to flip over to Jacksonville and Indianapolis in a tight one. And everyone's going to be like, oh, oh, the suspense, the humanity. But I think the Steelers win this game as well. I think a little higher scoring somehow. Uh, I think the Steelers score 24 points on offense. Baltimore scores 17. So a full touchdown. Really, the Steelers going to win this game. Uh, a, a bigger score than uh, you typically see. But I got one more question for you. Jeffrey Benedict, will the Pittsburgh Steelers be in the playoffs this year?
2: I'm going with yeah. I, I think they are. I think they're going to make the playoffs this season.
0: That would be something. Uh, we're going to be some big Jaguars fans on Sunday as well. But for me, I'm going to go with no. I think they win this game, but I think Indianapolis does take care of business. I don't think it's going to be that stupid tie scenario. Don't even bring that up. But uh, <laughs> I think Indianapolis wins this game. And it's gonna be it's going to be a little soul-crushing, but at the same time, you're going to be like, you know what, Ben won his last two games against the Browns and the Ravens. Heck, yeah that's how Ben should go out uh, dominating the AFC North like he has for 18 years. And and I'm okay with that
2: outside of Cincinnati.
0: He don't, he dominated Cincinnati for most of his career. They just happen to get good at the end. Um, Yeah. But anyway,
2: he also kind of passed, like it's kind of the passing of the torch Joe Burrow right now. You can look at it and say, okay, most likely, even if the Steelers get a good quarterback here in the near future, Joe Burrow is going to be the best quarterback in the AFC North for a while, <sighs> with him and Jamar Chase, man, that's it's gonna be rough. Hopefully, he asks for a stupid amount of money that sinks the team. Uh, <laughs> hold out know. this year, Joe. You're worth it. Yeah, You're keep worth,
0: just keep holding out.
2: He's worth eighty million a year this year. Hundred billion. Doesn't even year play this year. in the playoff game if they don't. You, give him you know what?
0: I'd pay Baker Mayfield sixty million a year. He deserves it. <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> just go sign that deal right now. Um, it, it'd be it'd be really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan sign him yeah but anyway uh we are at the end of our show here uh jeffrey do you have uh anything you want to plug
2: for the people yes i've got a vertex coming out you're if you if you like tj watt uh check out the do vertex we... coming out with from me and dave Schofield about tj watt and not just how good of a game he had but the number of drives he was involved in envy for the Cleveland Browns. Check that out. Uh, he, he, man, he, he was dominant in that game for just taking the Browns off the field. Uh, I've got some stuff coming later in the week that I'm working on Uh we're gonna do some, I'm going to do something on the offensive line and, and I got a couple other ideas going, but I, nothing concrete yet. I'm still kind of in flux. That is definitely uh, stuff to check out for those vertex
0: articles. I know are The best that you can get. So make sure you're clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Tons of content coming out to you each and every day, Uh, despite whether or not this Sunday is the last game of the Steelers season. There's going to be tons of content regardless. This team is going to be a team in transition. This might be the biggest off season for the Pittsburgh Steelers since the free agency era began. They have a ton of cash. They need to fix an offense line. They need a new quarterback. Who knows what they're doing with the secondary, the defensive lines in flux. You might want to find a new safety. You might want to fix your linebackers. The receivers are up in the air. This is going to be nuts. You need to be locked into BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because this is going to be a crazy offseason regardless. I'm excited for it. Hopefully, still, hopefully you, you wish the Steelers make the playoffs and make some noise there. But if they don't, there's still reason to be excited for this fan because a brand new era is upon us. And you should be excited for it. It's Steelers football, and it's going to be different. And we haven't had change in a very long time, and now a ton of change is coming. So BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all these changes when they come down the pipeline. We're going to be breaking down everything for the weeks and months to follow, guide you into the offseason. Regardless or not, if that happens this week, it's coming. So just be dialed into BTSC. Also make sure you're checking out the uh, podcast platform. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, You're still only getting about a third of the story right now. We're kind of revamping our podcast side. So uh, just search BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I know Spotify this year, I think we just went over 100 ratings. Uh, So just if you're a Spotify user, go get BTSC5 stars right now. It would help us us grow the brand. And especially, like I mentioned, this crazy offseason that is among us. You're going to want to hear all this content, all the breakdowns of signings, on trades, on releases, because tons of stuff are coming. And hey, it's going to be fun regardless. So make sure you're locked into BTSC. For my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. You've been listening to Know Your Enemy. Could have a new name next week. In the season, we change things up. So uh, we'll see how that goes, and we will talk to you guys soon.